Hello everyone, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and social habits are certainly work life related. We'll explore how creating an awareness of our thoughts and behaviors can empower and inspire us to accomplish almost anything we direct our attention to. Let's dive deep into the dirt and examine what research, resources, and real-life success stories from everyday folks can teach us as we grow through the day-to-day challenges. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Work Life 360. I am here with KG Moses. I'm super excited to have her here on the pod. Mentioned to you before we started recording, I caught you on Dr. Robin, and we shared a little bit of quick hit time together, and I really was touched with how you advocate for yourself. And I really honestly just wanted to have a conversation to find a little bit more about your journey and what brought you to the advocacy work that you're doing now and how do you facilitate health for yourself and what does that mean? So I'm super excited to talk to you and see where the conversation goes. But uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself and and then we'll just kind of go from there. (laughs) Yeah, so my name is KJ Moses and I'm the founder and CEO of Maya's Legacy. So I'll go a little bit, I'll talk a little bit more about Maya's Legacy later on. But the whole idea of advocacy and looking after myself um, came from some of the issues that I had whilst growing up. And the reason why I've linked it to that um, and I've identified that is because um, there was a perception that I got that to put yourself first is actually selfish. You know, how dare you think about you? Put everybody else first. Everybody else matters more than you you do. So over the years, I always compensate for that by not having boundaries in terms of how I relate with other people. So I would be, I would allow people to use me as as the dumping ground. So, you know, you dump your emotions on me, you know, I'm there, I'm the understanding one, I would listen to you and not really um, take the time to look after myself. So over the, the years, that wasn't sustainable. And I became very tired um, and, you know, physically it was beginning to show up in my, in my health. You know, mm-hmm. I was in and out of hospital. I'll have issues with cystic my ovaries. I'll have hormonal issues um, which were triggered by stress and anxiety. And I think over the years, um, what had gotten me to this point is a lot of personal development a lot of listening to um i would say um i i listen to oprah i listen to ian Vincent. i don't know if you you've heard of, of her and they would talk about you know looking up to yourself taking care of you and the whole concept was like at first it, re- it didn't really settle well with me because i thought that was a little bit 
you know that's that's not the sort of message that I, I I've heard over the years but I soon started to put into practice some of the things and the tools that they've given to me so uh, so in doing that um I began to find myself again I was establishing boundaries in relationships I I would not allow myself to be used as a dumping ground I acknowledged my limits and what I could not take on, I would not take it on. Um, but that didn't happen immediately. I'll take. I'll say it was a process of, you know, several different life experiences and traumatic experiences that I've gone through. That was the awakening for me. It was a, like a spiritual awakening as well as it was an awakening to me myself and. Where do, where do I see myself in terms of my health and my wellness and my mental health? And so when I had issues with loss and grief, um, that was another experience that came to remind me that I needed to really pay attention, right? It really allowed me to pay attention to me and so in doing that uh, I began to meditate I I began to you know take time out for myself I I began to um really um do things that really made me happy right mm -hmm. things that really um elevate my vibration, things that really elevate, you know, my, my way of being. And, you know, and it's, it was as simple as going for long walks. It was as simple as listening to my favorite music and just enjoying it. It was as simple as just sitting down and bathing in the sunshine. It wasn't anything that was expensive, but those things I found um, really supported my well-being um, emotionally and also physically. But there was an area of my life that I would have to be honest about that I really, really struggled when it comes to self-care. And that was in terms of my weight, in terms of, you know, just being able to um, have a different relationship with food. And that has been uh, one of the challenging journeys in terms of my you know, in terms of my mental health and my, and my well-being. Mm. It's still an ongoing journey, I would say. Mm. But what I did identify is that I use food as a way of an emotional comfort. Mm. So instead yeah. of me looking for another way to deal with my stress, I will definitely go to food and I will use that as a way to, um, to comfort myself. So it's there are there are many many um points in my journey pivotal points in my journey that situation and circumstances had come into my life to wake me up and sometimes you know i don't know people someone might be listening to this and they feel like or they feel like they're in a rut, they need to get out, 
um, and they need to, you know, do things that would kind of make sure that they function at, at optimal level. I would say pause and 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 pay attention to what your body's saying. Pay attention to what the circumstances or the emotional um, um, emotional um, experiences that you're going through. What is it there to tell you? What is it there to teach you? And and just take your time to really understand it. So listening to you and um, it sounds like it was a period of self-discovery and it took you a little time to find out what resonated with you in terms of making you feel better emotionally and, and start to t try to prioritize self-care for yourself in some simple ways. And um, I think particularly for folks in my industry, we're in the logistics supply chain world. It's 24 seven. A lot mm. of folks I, I will see they're very sedentary sitting, excuse me, 12, 15 hours a day, a lot of stress. And we talk all the time about the importance of movement and how we nourish our body and how we just allow ourselves some time to be, which you mentioned. Mm. You know, just allowing yourself to go out and just be. Um, these are really simple things to do, but I think we're in this reality now where work is more of a focus. And because of all of our obligations financially, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, for folks listening in that are maybe a single parent, like it's really, really hard to do that when you have other responsibilities. But you had mentioned, um, you know, the fact of loss and grief in your life. And I think the last couple of years, we kind of felt our mortality a little bit. Mm. And I think companies and organizations really started to take that to heart and allow people more space to be breaking down some of the expectations. Some of the things I'm concerned about is now people are re-entering the workforce again. Mm. Um, some, some have limited choices as to whether they're going to still work remotely or go into the office. And that's yeah. yet another, another transition. So, mm. and that can call, cause some stress. And as you mentioned, a lot of people in, in my industry, they fall into either substance use issues or food as ways to numb or get through the day. And mm. manufacturers are really smart, you know, with the foods that they that they put out there. A lot of processed foods, they understand the effects of processed food and sugar on our cravings. So mm. then our, our just it's, it's it's a hard battle. Um, and I just think that the more mindful we are about how we're fueling ourselves mm. is really important. And if I could just create some space for you, I want to say for folks who maybe weight is a struggle for them. You know, we're taught by society what the perfect body image looks like. I think for women especially puts a lot of undue stress, anxiety, and emotional kind of trauma. Mm. We tend to judge ourselves. Unlike, you know, if you look at plants out in nature, we're not judging one tree or one flower or one bush or 
rocks or whatever. We don't judge things the way we judge ourselves. And I always like to tell folks, you know, that I'm a majority of the folks that I work with, they are trying to make healthier decisions. You can be skinny and be unhealthy and you can be heavier and be healthy. So as long as you're checking in with your doctor, get your biometric screenings in and know how your body's functioning, being aware of your body, your energy levels, mm. um, how you're sleeping, your hormones, which you spoke of, your metabolism, and even vitamins and minerals, like all those things are really important mm. to test and start kind of getting your numbers when, when you're younger so that when you're older, you can kind of see where you are on the scheme of health because it's like with anything in life, you're going to have those times where mm -hmm. maybe you're not making the most healthy health choices because mm -hmm. of whatever reason, but the more cognizant you are of your health, how you feel, how you're functioning, if you're able to think, do you feel good? Are you able to have fun? I think that is for me, I think way more important than any measure on any scale. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I totally, totally agree with that. And it's so it's so easy to jump on, on the next um, health diet program or health diet challenges and not really deal with the real issues. Um, because most times what I've found is there is an underlining issue, which, which sometimes is psychological and emotional, and, and it's the root of it. And if the root of it is not actually dealt with, there is a repetitive cycle. Mm -hmm. you, you might lose the 25 pounds here and then pile it back on, and then you, there's another another health program comes up and you jump on that and you and you want you lose the weight and you put it back on mm -hmm. but if you're not self-aware and enough to understand what is the triggers what are your triggers and understand your body really mm -hmm. um you could find yourself going over those like a yo-yo diet mm -hmm experience and and that isn't in itself is not healthy it's not good for your body it's not good for your mind and it's not good for your mental health mm -hmm. and you know making our mental health a priority is still something i think i'm not sure whether you know the whole experience of lockdown and the whole experience of the pandemic as really people paid attention to the lessons of that of the whole thing for me it, it, it's it really made me understand that my mental health is a priority you know my well-being is a priority mm -hmm. and coming out of it I definitely don't want to go back to the way that I've done things before now I listen when I feel like my body, my energy level is low, I'm feeling tired and my body is telling me you need to slow down, I slow down. It doesn't matter, you know, if you want me to give you, you know, a deadline tomorrow. I have, I'll find a way to try and navigate through that. But most importantly, I make my mental health a priority. 
Because if I'm not functioning at my optimal level, then everything else breaks down. I can't be the parent I need to be to my children. I can't be the employer. I can't be an employee that you want me to be and turn up every day and, 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 you know, delivering and being productive if I am not mentally well. And I think every, every single part of it, it's interlinked. And I, and I really hope that employers understand that mm-hmm. if you want the organization to thrive the members must also thrive you cannot have an organization to blossom and flourish where the members are not flourishing so it is the responsibility of organizations and corporations to really pay attention and make it a priority some of the research that's out there now shows the shift in what employees are looking for in the workplace. It's very different than it was 20 years ago. I mean, most of us, so I'm gonna go back in time a little bit. Like my parents growing up, they had one job they worked at forever and we had a community. So we knew our neighbors, we were very socially interactive. We ate meals together. There was work and then there was home. And I think with the way technology has evolved, while there are these wonderful opportunities, um, you know, people are looking for more now from work. Some folks mm. are less, they're less engaged, I should say, in their community with community activities or even church or religious affiliations. So they're mm. looking for the workplace to really be the place that gives them a sense of purpose, gives them mm. a sense of belonging where they feel respected and the things that you could do 20 years ago as an employer and get away with, unfortunately, that's not the case today. Um, you know, no. depending on the organi- some organizations, you know, they still are good at um, disguising some things. But eventually, you know, when people get in there, you see high turnover, you know, kind of learn who's, who's just providing work service and who really is supporting health and well-being. And I really loved what you said about it's all linked I think yes. that's really important. How you feel mm. mentally and emotionally affects your vessel. Mm. And yes. spirituality, like your spirit, whether it's a belief in a higher being, a God, yes. or, or nature, or whatever it is, that connection also matters too. And I think when we talk about spirituality, which is not common practice in the workplace, we talk mm. about the inner being, our spirit, like we're spiritual beings talking and facilitating conversations about things that really matter to our human connection is really important like having compassion having empathy you know somebody's somebody's sharing a story of family member who has a cancer diagnosis or or maybe you have a health issue it was taboo before to talk about these things, yeah. but I think now it's really important that employers understand that creating a psychologically safe space for an employee to bring some maybe mental health issues, emotional health issues to work and have somebody to talk to um, really is, is a valuable way to make people feel worthy and supported at work. Yes. I don't know yes. what your experience is with that. One of the things that 
like you said, I totally agree with that. And I worked for an organization for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought that that was it, really. I would retire with this organization. <laughs> and then life happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I went on a career break, which was the best thing ever for me. I'm mm-hmm. sure not a lot of people are in the position to be able to do that, but I was in a position to do that. And I took a year out and I... Mm-hmm. That was a defining moment in in terms of my you know journey to um, having better balance in my life, and then you know after that I decided okay what do I want to do now, and then I didn't really want to go back to a job that would tie me down. Mm. I wanted to be able to have that flexibility, and I felt like I was more in control. Mm-hmm. Even though yes, I had bills to pay and you know, and things to 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 deal with in terms of my finances, but I think at the top of the list, what was more important was would I be happy here, right? And does this job give me the flexibility that I need um, in terms of having? balance a lot of people will say there's not such such thing as work-life balance but I guess you have to define what balance is for you I think it's just an individual thing and my I got two young children and they were they were at the top of the list you know how can I facilitate making sure that they you know I'm available um and able to support their development as well. Because I didn't want a situation like when I was growing up where my mother worked three jobs and I didn't really get to see her. She was mm-hmm. she was there when she wasn't there, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I didn't want to have that repeated. And even though she worked three jobs, she didn't, didn't become a millionaire, you know. Do you yeah. understand what I mean? It was never, it was just catching up, playing mm-hmm. catch up all throughout the years so I just didn't see the the value in that you know although yes it, it supported us while I was growing up and I'm really grateful for that but I wanted to do it differently mm-hmm. and therefore I wanted after 18 years with an organization I wanted to be a lot more flexible so I thought to myself what can I do that would allow me to have control over my time and then begin to work my way through and, and navigate my, my way through. And I think employers have to be mindful of that and, and not pretend that it, it, the world is still the same. Mm-hmm. And given that flexibility, um, I, I remember there's <laughs> in the UK, the, you know, one of the MPs um, said um, civil servants, you need to go back to work. You need to turn up at work. You should know they should not be working at home. And he was just blowing a trumpet and no one was listening. <laughs> Everyone that was opting out is like there was there's an awakening. People are, are, are making decisions and taking yeah. back control over their time. And so you as a politician who's earning X amount of amount of money every year, you can say whatever you want to say. We are making decisions and taking control of our lives. And now they want to sell the, you know, sell the actual buildings because nobody's turning up to work. Yes. Because people you know, like, I'm not going to. If I mean if I yeah, give me the flexibility. I can work two days at home and I can work two days at, at, at office, but give me that flexibility. And 
and I will deliver. And that's I think that's the most important thing. There is a level of fear that if you give people more flexibility and you give them control over their time, you will not they will not deliver. But people are actually delivering. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's it's a different way of seeing things. Well, I'm listening to you. So you're creating a different childhood experience for your children. So I think that's beautiful. So you've recognized, acknowledged the hardships that your mm-hmm. mother went through that she felt she needed to do based upon circumstances. And I think, that, yes. Yeah. So I think without, you know, judging our parents or judging other people, Mm. Just you know, we're my daughter's so thirty six. But if I were to go back in time, kind of the same thing. Like I prioritize my time with her because I didn't have that with my family. So mm. that I probably was around her a little bit too much. But um, but I think that sometimes it's important to just step back. Mm. Think, God forbid, you know, we were given a year left to live or something like that. What would our life look like? Mm. It would not not be answering emails all hours of the day or being in a room with our children, but not present. Yes. You know, or a loved one and not present or, you know, socially isolating ourselves. Yeah, that's just a, you're creating a more supportive environment and and your children will recognize that. and, And that will be their experience. And one day when they're parents, that's something they'll value. You know, so you're teaching them a valuable lesson. Yeah. And, and and the thing, I think the important thing that you said is you have to do what works for you, mm-hmm. you know. And and for some people, it works totally different for them. They don't want to be at home. They they want to be out there. And mm-hmm. you, you, you have the choice to be able to make those decisions mm-hmm. and do what works for you. I mean, there was an article that I, I, I saw about over 50s leaving employment since the start of the coronavirus pandemic and that was was astounded that they're just making that age range are making decisions between age 50 to 70s they're like no I'm not going back to work um I want to travel I want to do things I want to (laughs) I want to enjoy life and and People are making good, making choices that that makes yeah. makes them happy, and 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 that's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. So I turned fifty five a couple of weeks ago. So oh. so it's interesting. My perspectives about work and my priorities are very different than they were in my forties. And mm. coupled again with the pandemic, that's when I really started to take to heart the importance of exploring spirituality, my inner self, my being, and like, how can I contribute to society in a way that's not necessarily in a role, you know, in a position within organization? How can I best advocate for people that I know don't have the means or based upon different social determinants of health, they're not in a place where they can have access to healthcare, medical care, good schools, transportation, um, in Arizona, we have a lot of Native American populations here, so I've been spending some time volunteering with them and talking about mental health and, and just getting to know them and just trying to be an advocate for special populations that have often been neglected. And COVID definitely um, 
was devastating to this community um, of tribal land all around me. So, mm. so for me, since COVID, that's been something that's really been important to me. So I mm. make sure, you know, once or twice a month, I meet the group not too far from here. And we mm. do a little workout together. And then we all sit down under some shade and we have some conversations about, hey, how are you feeling today? And really tap into that conversation and, and ask them how they're feeling. Is there anything you want to talk about? What did mm. you do? What, what's, what's happened in your life since I saw you last that brought you some joy? And just caring and spending time mm. with people, I think, for me at this stage in my life is, is what I value the most. Mm. And work is, is a part of that. But as we, again, continue to transition, it's what work am I doing? It's what services I'm providing. So yes. at my age, you know, I'm not super rich, but I'm able to pay my bills. I'm thankful for my health. And you know, like yourself, I had some hormone issues, some thyroid issues because I was working, 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 working and school, working school and not a lot of self-care time. And since 50, actually, that was when I really started to prioritize some self-care um, mm. for me after after some medical issues um, and some autoimmune issues so i hope folks when they're younger you know they really think about kind of like you talked about how are you feeling emotionally because if you're stressed and feeling burnout in your 20s and your 30s when you're older that's where the consequences show up and we see people are having heart disease and strokes and type 2 diabetes as early as their 30s now and that typically wasn't the case until 50-ish mm. or 60s. So mm. um, I think a lot of it has to do about how we're not prioritizing our health. Definitely. And I think you touched on something that is something that I, I um, it's, 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 a, it's an important part of who I am. And that is my spiritual life. And for me, I, I feel strongly that... As a, I, I prioritize my mental health, but in doing that, I also acknowledge the my purpose that I'm here for a reason, and I find myself in different spaces with different you know organizations that I'm part of. And the the focal point is what can we do to advocate? What can we do to support other people? What can we do to give voices to those who may not have May, maybe their voice has been silenced and we are in the position where we can support and help them. And in having that focus is, has actually made my life a lot more fuller. Mm. You know, I have a reason to wake up every single day. Like I said, that is not attached to money. It's not attached to, right, you know, I'm going to get a big paycheck. It's like, okay, all right, we've done it. And we've got a letter back to say thank you. You made a difference in my life. And that to me is so key and it's so important. And the, what I found is that also has helped me to improve my mental health because of, you know, the joy I feel mm. in doing what I'm doing and, and giving that positive energy into the world. In a way, it comes back to you many folds mm -hmm. and even beyond your wildest dreams. I believe is important. 
Yes. It feels so different when you're doing work that you connect with and that's bringing joy and facilitating health and well-being for another person. Mm. Um, not to take away from other positions, but if yeah. we're in because everybody's role matters. We all are mm. interconnected and we relate to each other in different ways. But mm. for those folks that, um, I mean, if you could talk a little bit about what you do so people can have a deeper understanding, because I think that's really beautiful to mm. talk about because then we can explore other opportunities, maybe even within our organization that we might not be aware of or even contemplated a shift mm. in what we're doing, I think. If we take Maya's legacy as an example, it, it was starting a charity was not something that I really wanted to do. I'll, I'll be quite honest, but I found myself in that position because I, women were coming to me and they wanted to talk about their experiences and they wanted to talk to me about my experience and I just could not ignore it. And I'm just one of those people that, one of those individuals that I don't like to shout from the sidelines. I like to get into the trenches. How can we get this done? how can we make a difference how can we make a change so when I started the charity was to advocate really just to shine a light on the mental health impact of pregnancy loss and how I dealt with my own loss I, I used to say that silence was therapy for me because I would just wanted to be I wanted to be in a room just silent I just didn't want anyone talking I really didn't want to engage with anyone but that really allowed me to go inwards and then eventually begin to open up and, and speak about those experiences those those things that I was experiencing and so Maya's legacy is an advocacy charity just shining a light and going to different spaces and talking about the mental impact but most importantly I believe there is a shift in the in the in what we're doing at the moment and that is how can we begin to equip and empower those who have experienced loss to be able to have the tools to speak up for themselves, to have the tools and the courage to be able to have, you know, tap into the intuition, to trust themselves again, because I always say you are the expert of your body. You know, you can go to the GP and say, okay, you know, he, he might say, how do you feel? But if you're not aware of what is happening in your body, you might not be able to kind of give him, mm. you know, an idea of what, what's going on. So you need to understand you. And so we're putting together a series of webinars and series of literature to help people to be able to tap into their intuition, to recognize that your voice matters to recognize that you matter your traumatic experience didn't happen so you can be silenced it happened so that it's for many many reasons I, I you know but in those experiences it's important to not allow your voice to be silenced and speak up and so that's where that's where we're, we're going um, equipping women and I'm finding a lot more that even women that are, and families that may not have experienced traumatic ex, um, experience like pregnancy loss are finding our literature empowering 
And, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've not gone through what you've gone through, but actually that helped me to speak up about a situation that I've not, I didn't really want to talk about at work. I was going through this and I didn't want to discuss it with my, my boss, but now I can, I can actually speak about it and actually have it dealt with or have some kind of resolution to, to my issues. And so that, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, that that's happening. So yeah, that's it. So people are are finding you, and I think that's as a result of the energy you're putting out there. You know, mm. As I mentioned to you when we first started talking, I could tell within five minutes of being in a conversation with you with three other people that you're the real deal. You get it. You practice what you preach. And kind of just, I was very curious to find out mm. what the steps were where you started to have a voice for yourself and you started to say, hmm, you mentioned Oprah like being very influential. I have her whole CD collection. I remember her on and just the way she connected with people. It was beautiful. It was so moving. Um, so again, listening to you speak and, and on the different quick hits, I got, I had this feeling about you, like this woman mm. is practicing what she preaches. She's, mm. you obviously lived through some things that mm. have brought you to the place that you are. And rather than blaming the world, which sometimes mm. brains like to do, you instead mm. took it as an opportunity to create an advocacy program and and do some really good work where at least for me i haven't heard of a program for people who have have had pregnancy loss here in the united states mostly what it is you get a pamphlet usually from the doctor and there's there's not support thereafter mm. so mm. you're creating this whole community where there was none let's just put it that way mm. and one of the things that helped me to begin to um, own my own voice and not be afraid to use it was that I had to do the work. I'm not going to sit down. There's no miracle pill. You have to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. And doing the work, like, it means you sometimes you have to get dirty. You have to... You have to get really, really deep into those deep issues that you may have and look inward because I'm a firm believer that whatever is showing up on the outside is as a result of what is going on on the inside. And so, you know, there's, there is that blame culture. It's going on out there. That means the world is a bad place. Mm-hmm. You know, there are circumstances that are not that happens in the world that are not good. But I think most important thing, we've got to start from looking on the inside, look inward and begin to say, what is it that I need to do? Where am I at? Forget about your position. You're the CEO. You're the, what, I don't know, the executive, whatever position you find yourself. You're still a human and you still have to do the work. So be prepared to do the work. That was a starting point. I had to make the decision. I'm ready to do the work. There were times where I cried. There were times where I did not want to talk to anybody. There were times I was angry. There were times where I was furious. There were times where, you know, 
I just was silent, I, you know, and I was angry at my past. There were many, many um, different, you know, emotional path I had to go through mm -hmm. to get to where I'm at today. But I didn't give up because mm -hmm. I, I wanted to show up every single day as me, as a true me, KG, not as, you know, what my past has defined me to be or the circumstances has kind of defined or kind of molded me to and shaped me into I wanted to show up as my true authentic self and in order for me to be able to do that I had to get rid of all the baggage and all the clutter and to do that you seriously have to do the work mm. so what do you think helped you again instead of blaming the world and staying in your situation what was a special moment or or a certain shift maybe it was a certain incident or maybe a health issue or can you pinpoint kind of where you made that choice oh yeah i need to really get into me and and discover those mm. parts about me that i love mm. i respect and i want to want them to shine to shift maybe, you know, your circumstances. Yeah. Not, not I think, does that, you know? Yeah. I think I was just tired. Mm. I was just tired. Mentally and emotionally tired and exhausted. And I just couldn't really move past, move on. Before, when I was tired and exhausted... I always found a way around it. So I mask things. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wasn't really dealing with, with issues. So I mask it. And then that will keep me going for another five years. And that will be good enough. But at the point where I had my loss, where I had to go through that excruciating experience, I was just tired. I was tired and I thought I cannot go on like this any longer. It's either, I'll be honest with you, and I think this conversation went, is either things change or this is it for me. Mm. Is either things change or this is it for me. And so that decision I had to, I, I used the analogy of me standing at the top of a cliff and it was either I jump, right? And that would be the end of it, or I find a way through. And I chose to find a way through. And I knew that that journey and that path is not going to be straight. It's not, but I, I felt like this was the time that I needed to do it. And if I don't do it now, then I will never do it. And the, and the KG that's showing up is not really the KG. That it's not who I am. I was just masking and being someone else. And so the minute I said to myself, I remember it was 2020. I think it was 2020. Yeah, it was the it was the beginning of the pandemic. Everyone was at home, and I said, I am taking my power back. Mm. I am taking my power back. I spoke it. I believed it. I released that word, and then I said. What it whatever it takes, I'm getting my power back. And I started the work through, you know, listening to a lot of encouraging, you know, uh, talks, 
being part of groups that they spoke about issues. Counseling was another therapy was played an important part mm -hmm. in that journey. And and just allowing myself to fall and get back up again. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be okay. And then and yeah, that 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 that's that's it. So it sounds like it wasn't just fifty and older as a result of the pandemic. You know, I think again, like we were so faced with our mortality during COVID. I see it as Mother Nature stopped us in our tracks. We could mm. not proceed as a universe, as a country, as a planet, the way we were living our lives. Mm. You know, I often think, again, in my space, I'm in the supply chain industry, and I think about all the stuff that we mm. consume and the things that we extract from the earth and sometimes because we want things we live in a way so that we can buy things but covid kind of forced us to stop for a second look at one another look at ourselves and explore how we were living and now shift our thinking like do we really need five pair of designer jeans or the best of this, the best of that? And people started selling their houses and moving out into the middle of the country and just getting more in touch with nature, I think. And when you're in touch with nature, whether it's laying outside in the grass and looking up at the sky, you become more cognizant of your connection with it and you're more respectful. So mm. People will buy less things, but I think that's also a beautiful thing to like just spend more time being. And I think that uh, that can solve a lot of problems. But you know, yes, definitely. I was one of those people that moved to the countryside. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, and I think it was it was a, it was a good decision. Mm -hmm. So I go for my long walks now with my music, um, listening to my music and just look at the beauty, the trees, oh, the, uh, it's, yeah, it's just beautiful. You know, if we Nature think about it, yeah, if we think about it, our being, we were meant to be outside in nature, have kind of a panoramic view of the world, of life, of our area, and then kind of focus a little bit you know, and where we are for our health and safety, and then just move and be. And, you know, hopefully people are taking a little time during the day to step outside of their house or their offices if they're going back to work. As you mentioned, there's something super powerful that comes from a walk by yourself, with yourself, or with other team members that you can't get inside an office or inside a house. It's just mm. very, very therapeutic. Yes, yes, totally, I totally, I totally agree. Because for me, I feel a, a level of connection, particularly when, when I'm near water and I and I can hear. Because when I'm walking to work, it's a ten minutes walk from the house, and I have to go through a section of my journey where there's kind of a flowing stream and you can just hear the water and see the ducks in there and just seeing that sets me up mm -hmm. for the day I get it. you know 
Yeah, nature nature is beautiful. We are nature. We are. And you're probably very present noticing it sounds because you practice mindfulness. And I think for me, I think mindfulness was the key to me starting to pay attention to me Mm. at, at 50. Like I became more aware of how I was spending my time where I was prioritizing my time and where my thoughts were, were my thoughts yeah. present Were my thoughts appreciating what I was doing in the moment or mm. was I so worried thinking about what's next or what had happened. But I think the more present we are, and I think walking is a beautiful way, walking meditation itself, especially using your senses, what you see, what you could smell, what you can hear, what you can feel, what you can taste really does cleanse the body somehow it like lightens the load doesn't it it just feels yes Hmm. yes it just allows you to like you said being present is is a very important bit you know we have our phones our laptop (laughs) you know you get up in the morning and you hear the ping the notification and there's a there's a temptation to just pick up the phone and just and do that and just being present and in that moment and just enjoying that moment and listening to what is happening in that moment, it's it's so important. And mindfulness definitely is a key for me as well. That was a, an important key, just being present. I mean, before then, my kids would say, Mommy, pay attention, I'm talking to you. And then they're trying to speak to me and I'm like, <laughs> I've got okay. Let me let me answer this email. Like no, mommy, yeah, just yeah. pay attention. And I just realized, you know, that moment you don't get it back. Exactly. You know, it, exactly. it it you know if you're not if you're not connected to that moment, you're not getting it back. It's mm-hmm. past and it's moved on. And just staying connected to that moment is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think mindfulness does help you really, really do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important for mental health. Yes. That was a game changer for me when I started to learn that. I hope a lot of employers begin to incorporate that in the things that they do at work. I hope Mm -hmm. that that really Mm -hmm. helps. I know that that will help a lot of employee, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I hope that that's happening. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's happening a lot more. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope mental health support in the workplace is continued to be supported but we as humans sometimes can get back into old habits Mm. you know that aren't necessarily the best but it's up to us to continue to advocate and have a voice for ourselves yes you've talked about yes well advocate yes speak up for yourself we would like to leave the listeners with something that you think would be helpful for them to try over the course of the next week something that you found that really helps you be mindful or something that you've started to pay attention to that maybe you didn't pay attention to two or three years ago, something of that nature to help them feel more connected with themselves so that they can start to advocate for their health and well-being. Yes. One, one thing that I would offer is to be present in the moment and then write down what you're feeling at that moment so get a journal a notepad right beside your bed um you can have it right beside your bed or during the day and just be present and then in that present write down what you're feeling Mm. and then 
after the week, go back and, and have a look. Oh, that sounds fun. So I take it you've done this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do tell. Yes. What's, what's an observation that you've had as your own experiment? <laughs> yeah. So what I notice is that there's usually a recurring theme. Hmm. If you're meant to do something, if something wants your attention, to pay attention to something, when you're still in that moment and your presence in that moment and you begin to write what you're feeling in that moment, after that week you see you see a pattern. Hmm. You see a pattern and you, you can connect the dots and it helps you to kind of move forward, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I remember that I was a lot more present. So I was still in my thought process because I'm the sort of a person that run ahead and do things. Yeah, this is the project. Let's get on with it and get it done. And I realized that I was being, it's, things were just slowing down. I was like, what is going on? So I, I practiced that mm-hmm. and then I would sleep and it would be a recurring thing. And, and and I remember this dream. It was the thing was be still, slow down, pause. Mm. And in my dream, I saw that I was right. I was in the car and I was driving, and the mirrors were very misty, and I couldn't see where I was going. And so it was like, stop the car, don't drive any further, and just wait, so that that windscreen is cleared, so you can see what you need to do. And and that was what was happening over the week. And I stopped everything I was doing. Wow. I paused. And later on, I understood why. Because there was, a, there, was, there was a change in direction that I would not have understood where we needed to go if I was rushing. Okay. And it just helped me to be able to make certain decisions and, and, and go in the right direction. So that, that's, what, that's what I will offer. <laughs> oh, I like it. I'm really curious now. <laughs> yeah, because I have a lot of things happening in my life right now, and I have so many thoughts, and I'm really trying to be present as my life is going through some major like changes, unexpected. Mm. Um, and I notice my thoughts are all over the place. Um, honestly, honestly, this conversation that I have had with you, I was present. I wasn't thinking mm. about any any of that stuff until mm. you mentioned until you mentioned <laughs> you know kind of activity for us to do you know mm. and then I was thinking to myself oh this might really be helpful um, to kind of see where my headspace is through the next week because mm. I'm not really paying attention to it if I'm being honest because there's such a shift mm. around underneath me that I don't have a lot of control on. So I'm really excited, mm. and uh, listeners, mm. uh, <laughs> I think mm. uh, this would be a wonderful experience for us to try. So thank you. Mm. Would you like people to get a hold of you if they have some questions, particularly about Maya's legacy? What's the best way to reach you? Yes, get hold of me at info at bigoutreach.org. Info at bigoutreach.org. And our website is maya.org.uk. Maya.org.uk. And you can get hold of me on LinkedIn as well, KG Moses. I'm there. But let's connect. (laughs) Awesome. Absolutely. I'm going to share that in the links so people have easy access. And again, I want to thank you for your time. Our time is 
so precious and how we spend it every single minute of every single day really does matter. And I think you've articulated why um, mm. this podcast today. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you very much. My pleasure. All right, all right, everybody. Take care. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Make sure you check out all the other episodes and the show notes for links to any articles, resources, or for more information about guest reference on the episode. I appreciate your time and I ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Freight 360 for your continued support.